Lauren here for the Q&A with Lauren and Kevin. There's Kevin. He just joined. So here we opened it up for, oh, you can't hear me. There we go. Let me figure out why. Can you hear me now? Let me know. Great. I, I guess if you have the sound off on your computer, you can't hear me. So fix that. Wonderful. Perfect. All right. So as long as you guys can hear me, we should be good to go. So we welcome any questions related to health and wellness. And I wanted to kind of ask you guys, actually, I have a question. I am venturing out and making Oregon meat for the very first time in my life. And I'm a little nervous and I love a good recipe. So I actually pulled out a venison heart from the freezer this morning and defrosted it. And then I watched a really cool video on how to clean it up because I have to say I was very intimidating when I held it in my hand and it's a heart, literally a heart in my hand. And so I, um, I learned that you can, when you clean it, it you, you basically clean it and cut it up into, it looks like now, three nice sized pieces of meat that are fairly thin, one slightly thicker. And um, I'm just wondering how, how, like if anyone has really good recipe because um, it's my first time, my first go at it. So Kevin says to treat it like a good lean steak. Okay, so lean means don't overcook it. So that's, that's how I take that. Um, let's see. Cut it thin and use it like a skirt steak. All right. I'm wondering if I should grill it, cast iron, um, kind of like put it in a cast iron, like maybe some good fat. I don't know. Probably a lot of fat, huh? Since it's um, pretty lean. But I'm excited about it. We have it marinating right now. Um, but I found a really good video on how to clean it. So I don't know if you've heard of the meat eater. He has a show. Forgot his actual name, but the meat eater. So cool. He... He has his own show on, I think it's Netflix, and uh, he goes out and he harvests an animal from the land, and then he has a chef come on and kind of show you how to prepare it, and I think it's really helpful because we do our best to eat off the land um, so we know where our food is coming from and help manage some, you know, some private property that, that we go to, and so, you know, when you do have... Um, private property, you really have to manage the land and make sure that the the animals are um, properly taken care of and you're harvesting them so that they're not overbreeding and stuff like that. So I think it's really neat and to know where you're getting your food is always amazing. So let's see here. Oh, the grill is awesome. Cook it gently or else it turns into boot leather. Jimmy Shuri is excellent with grilled heart. 
That's good to know because I have a really good chimichurri recipe. Actually, I recently wrote it down. I'm not sure if I've shared it yet, but uh, if I haven't shared it yet, I'll be sure to go ahead and put that up in the cookbook here on Healthy Tribe. So let's see, we have a few participants, but no questions yet. Does anyone have any questions? Did anyone listen in to the show? Kevin and I did our first case study today and I say it went pretty well. It'll be nice because it gives us a chance to um, look at different cases that we've worked on, whether they're pretty straightforward or if they're super challenging. Hopefully we'll get a good mixture in there for you guys to see what exactly we do and how we work with different people on their different health concerns and whatnot. But I heard shish kebabs is good for the heart as well, which sounds good because then you can kind of alternate maybe some some uh, onions and peppers in there. Hi, Michael, you just signed in. <laughs> Kevin says he wants me to take a, a bite of the raw heart. I don't think I can. I'm not quite there yet. Let's let's do that in the future. I'm not. I'm definitely not there yet. It'll be my first time having having heart of any kind. I think, and it's a little nerve wracking making it yourself. You know, usually I'm really open to trying things. Pretty much, I'll try anything, but when it comes to cooking it yourself. Um, especially when I have the entire heart still connected together, that's a little intimidating, I have to say. But uh, I recently did see a show and they shot a buffalo and the girl took the buffalo heart and took a bite of it. And I was like, oh, that was, that's pretty uh, savage of her, but definitely you know, inspirational. <laughs> oh, Tim says that Kevin's mayo is amazing with venison heart. Awesome. I love all this info. <laughs> Someone said they definitely couldn't take a raw bite, but that they love the heart. Yeah, so it'll be, I'll keep you posted on how it turns out. Um, maybe I'll even include the recipe that we use if it's worthy of sharing. Um, another thing that I actually have to ask Kevin and why don't I ask him right now what is your um, ingredient list that goes into your barbecue sauce you mentioned the barbecue sauce earlier today on the show and there was a request to post it on healthy tribe so let's get that posted get a, I'll, I'll go ahead and grill something up and use the barbecue sauce and we'll post it with a good photo Let's see here. Heart is more like a muscle meat than an organ. Actually, I think you're correct. I think the heart is actually, it can be considered an organ and a muscle. I could be wrong, but you are correct there in saying that it is more like a muscle meat. I have heard that the texture is very similar to muscle meat, so that makes sense. All right, any other questions, guys? Come on. I'm here to answer them, and so is Kevin. He's on He's right here in the chat, so let's uh, let's have some questions. I'm gonna have to come, otherwise I'm gonna have to come up with more things to talk about, and I'm sure you don't want to just listen to me talking, rambling along. Here we go. 
Kevin's recipe. I'm going to have to screenshot it. Portland ketchup, he calls it. Oh, from Primal Kitchen. Okay, so I'm sorry. Portland ketchup, Primal Kitchen ketchup, molasses, raw apple cider vinegar, liquid smoke. That's it. Just a few ingredients. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and screenshot that so I can post it for you guys. That sounds good. I've never made my own barbecue sauce. I honestly don't really use barbecue sauce for much, but if I made it, I would definitely use it. Let's see. What other things do we have? Kevin also recommends adding some heat if you like that as well. All right. All right, guys, come on, get, let's get some questions going. I'm sure someone has something or is everyone exactly where they need to be health-wise? All your health goals have been reached. And if that's the case, then let us know. Tell us how great you're feeling and what you did to change and um, make that shift towards health. Come on, use this time. All right, Kevin says that maybe we can talk about staying hydrated and how to know when we're not hydrated. Actually, that's a really good one. So a general rule of thumb. Now, granted, we say that always um, everyone is different. So we all have to consider how much we're sweating, um, you know, how active we are, all of these things. But a general rule of thumb for staying hydrated is that you drink, you take your body weight, you divide it by two, and that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking per day. This is a general rule. Um, then you also have to make sure that you take into consideration any diuretics. So anything that's going to make you, you know, um, go to the bathroom and lose that water. So. Any kind of diuretics would be anything caffeinated, so coffees and teas. I think even herbal teas could be considered a diuretic. Um, definitely any sodas. Hopefully we're not we're not drinking sodas, um, especially you know the regular kinds that are loaded with a bunch of stuff that we don't want. But all of those things, um, when you drink, say, so you're already drinking your recommended amount of water, and you drink a one cup of coffee then you want to make sure you drink two cups of coffee to balance that out. Um, then a good kind of way to gauge your hydration. First of all, if you, if your lips are dry and you're super thirsty, you're, you're dehydrated. You've already gotten to the point where you should have been drinking. Um, but one way to see if you are hydrated enough is you cut, you look at your, um, the veins in your hands. Wow. This, can't even see my veins in this um, in this light, I guess. But um, what we do is we put our arm down by our side and we look down and we can see that our veins are nice and plump on the top of our hand. And then we raise our arm up in front of us. And if the veins on the top of your hand are nice and plump still, that typically means that you have a good amount that you're, you know, hydrated. If they go down and lay flat against your, the rest of your hand, then it typically means that you need to be consuming more water. That's a general rule, something that they, they teach us, but um, 
it's a good little kind of test that you can do on your own to see if you need more water. Let's see. Oh, Lisa said that she was looking at the recipes last night and they're amazing. And yes, I can show you guys where they are. Absolutely. So if you go, oh, actually, if I don't want to mess with this, but it's under Healthy Tribe on the left-hand side under courses. If you click on courses, then in the very top, you'll see, uh, I think it's called Healthy Cookbook. And you can click on that and it'll pull up a list of the different things. I've kind of organized them by category. Granted, some of them don't have much in there, like the condiment section only has a tzatziki sauce, but I will absolutely add Kevin's barbecue sauce, the Portland ketchup, to that um, condiment list because we, we actually need to fill it up, so it's perfect. Oh, and then the chimichurri, I'll also add that in there as well. Um, but like I said last week, if anybody wants to, you know, challenge me or give me their favorite food or recipe that they love but they're staying away from because they are working on their health and it's no longer part of their dietary protocol, let's, let's, let's you know, make it a challenge. Let's try to make a healthier version of that, of that food and see if we can't come up with a way for you to enjoy it whether you can enjoy it on a regular basis or it's something that we can slightly tweak to make healthier so that you can enjoy it a little more often, I'd love to do that for you because it's not all about, you know, it's about, you know, keeping it good and tasty. It's not about depriving yourself of the foods that you love um, and you can be healthy and still enjoy really good food. So let's make that happen. Let's see. Angie says her veins are super plump, <laughs> even when I hang them. Huh, interesting. They're hidden. Okay, okay, okay. You are not always dehydrated. Um, that's why there's a rule of thumb. So make sure that you're drinking enough water. Another, another thing about drinking water is you don't want to be drinking, like downing a whole glass of water at one time. You want to be drinking a small amount of water throughout the entire day. That's the best way. Also, when you're eating a meal, you I typically don't really drink anything while I'm eating. And the reason for this, and it may not be the reason I do it, because I actually just don't think about drinking when I'm eating. Um, I prefer just to eat and then drink something after. But a really good reason to not drink a lot while you're eating is it can dilute your stomach acids. And we all know how important stomach acid is for digestion. So making sure that you drink a small amount of water throughout the day, making sure you're not guzzling it all down at once, and also making sure that you're not drinking a lot of fluids while you're eating um, is important. Here we go. And, and yes, I will add Kevin's Mayo vid uh, video as well. I recently shared that with someone I feel, so let me, let me see if I, I included it. Let's see. When I did that, my veins bulged out and actually hurt. Well, that's not good. I wonder why they hurt. They shouldn't hurt. Your veins shouldn't hurt. So when you lifted up your arm, your veins bulged and then it hurts. It's painful. I'd love to understand what kind of pain you're feeling there. Let's see. 
All right, we have Jack asked, what kind of snacks can you eat between meals? This is a good question. I'm actually happy that you're asking it. So ideally, I don't recommend that you snack a ton between meals because it gives your body a chance to fully digest and also to, um, to not have a, a, a surge in insulin when it's unnecessary. So um, now I understand that, in, you know, sometimes we have to snack between meals. It's completely normal. Um, so if that's the case, um, I love things like, I love the beef sticks, first of all, that are, um, I think they're Paleo Valley. Um, Kevin uh, jumped in and said, bone broth, veggies, bone broth and veggies. Oh no, he's talking about the hydration thing. Yes, bone broth is very hydrating, so that's a great way to stay hydrated, and veggies as well, especially, um, you know, really watered veggies. Um, but in terms of snacks, goodness, I've added a couple recipes to the snacks list. I think I only added one so far, but I have a few more that I will add. Um, I think the most recent one that I added is salmon and cream cheese on cucumber. And if you can't, if you can't eat dairy, then you can do like an imitation cream cheese. I, I think I recommended Kite Hill, but now that I looked at the, the ingredients, it's not my favorite. There's uh, several gums that they use, like a guar gum in there. Um, not, you know, not the end of the world, but um, it's not something I would, I wouldn't eat guar gum all the time. Um, but yeah, that's a really good one. I typically do. I'll do like a little slice of the cucumber and I'll do a little bit of the cream cheese, um, the salmon, and then I like to top it with either capers, dill, and lemon. I love all that. It's a good, nice, refreshing snack. And pretty filling because you've got the salmon and the, the cheese that also is um, nice and filling. Let's see. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I guess so. Dogs don't really take a break while they're eating to drink. They actually eat all their food and then they'll drink later. So that is a good, a good thing to learn from your dog. I agree. <laughs> um, let's see. Always hungry. Well, Jack, if you're always hungry, or let's, you know, I'm not sure if you've taken the NutriQ yet, but um, let's figure out why you're always hungry because you really shouldn't be always hungry. Um, making sure you're getting enough good healthy fats and proteins, those are ways to, to ensure that you are filling yourself up and filling yourself up to satiety to where you're not still feeling that hunger. Now, people who are typically always hungry are the ones that are eating mainly high carbohydrate diets because um, they'll, they'll have like a spike and then they'll get hungry, um, you know, once they start to crash. But for the most part, you shouldn't be hungry always. Um, I'm not sure how active you are now. If you're very active, then, you know, I just worked with a client who's extremely active and she asked me how she, what she, she could be eating to keep weight on um, so that her muscle mass wouldn't, you know, be, you know, depleted and she wouldn't lose too much weight. So I think I mentioned this last time, 
that I gave her some ideas to make a creamy dressing when she does have her salads because salads don't have you know much fat at all so you can make a creamy dressing with a avocado base is a great thing to use um nuts cheeses if you can tolerate dairy um bone broth you can even add a little extra fat to your bone broth to sip throughout the day um stuff like that oh yes kevin had the same thought process he asked jack how much protein and fat are you eating because it's important. We have to make sure that we're, that's exactly what satiates us is the protein and the fat. So Jack says that he is going to next Tuesday. He's working with me, um, on the NutriQ or I don't know if you're taking the NutriQ next Tuesday or if we have a schedule appointment for next Tuesday, but I hope we have a discovery call lined up because I'd love to talk more in detail with you. Um, hear more about what your diet is like and see if we can't incorporate more healthy fats and proteins in there to, to really, you know, get you not so hungry all the time. Um, let's see here. I love salmon. Rob says I mix cream cheese and small pieces of salmon and roll them into bite-sized balls, roll in everything bagel seasoning. Wow. That's like a little fat bomb. That sounds really delicious. If you want a little crunch, you can even kind of maybe use a celery stick to kind of dip in there. Also really good in high in fiber celery and also very hydrating. So that kind of incorporates everything we just, we just discussed. Let's see. Kathy asks if Rob cooks the salmon. Um, that's a good question cooked, smoked, or raw? He does raw. Great. It sounds like we have some people getting hungry <laughs> or inspired after listening to, to us talk about food. I, I do this. I, when I do the, the little bites, I, uh, I use smoked salmon usually. Um, sometimes I'll, um, I guess it's, I get water boiling and I'll poach salmon. Um, and then I'll slice it nice and thin and you can use that if you don't want the smoked salmon flavor. Sometimes smoked salmon isn't everyone's favorite. Let's see. Oh, another good idea is to do salmon roe. So you just top the cream cheese with some salmon roe so that you're getting all those good nutrients in the fish eggs and salty flavor. It's really good. So, all right. What else? What other questions do we have guys? We can keep talking about food. Let's see. Oh, great, Kevin. He has a great recipe that he can share for salmon. I love that. Um, let's see. Gravlax. Is that how you pronounce that? Gravlax? Gravlax? Gravlax. All right. So it looks like we have a lot of salmon eaters here. <laughs> this is great. If all these Q and A's turn into food conversations, then I'm, I'm going to have to prepare a good list of things to talk about. Ooh, Lisa said there's a new product hitting the store. Exciting products and 
it sounds like a little hint hint has to do with salmon. I'm excited about it too. All right. Actually, the other day I didn't have, you know, sometimes you don't think that you have anything to eat in the house and then you start kind of looking in places and I opened up the cabinet and I had some, um, what was it, smoked trout. And I ended up doing that same little salmon kind of, uh, the cucumber salmon thing, but I made it into little sandwiches with some trout in the middle. And it was, it was just as good as the salmon. So you can really use any kind of fish for that, especially smoked fish. Oh yes, I forgot that 1-800-Flowers-Bought-Vital-Choice. So Lisa has been frantically looking for a, um, a substitute uh, product for, for fish. So it sounds like she finally found one. So I guess it's gonna launch next week. That's exciting. That's very exciting. As well as, um, well, oh, it looks like Kevin got a new cookbook called Tinned Fish, actually. I think it's, is, is it a recipe book on just canned fish? I think it is. I love cookbooks. I don't think you can get me a cookbook that, that I wouldn't absolutely love. Even if it's not healthy, I would figure out a way to make it healthy. <laughs> there we go. Oh, great. So Lisa's, Lisa's on a mission to replace and stock up the store with, um, with new products. So that's always a good thing. When are we getting the granola back in? I, I wanted to order some granola the other day and I, there was, we were running out, we're running out of granola. <laughs> oh, it shipped today. Good. Yes. I'm sure it flew out when you launched it because you can't find a healthy version of granola out there. So Lark Ellen is the brand that we're talking about. It is so, so good. And, um, I had two bags of it of the granola specifically, and it, I think it lasted a week in our house. We kind of went crazy with the granola over here, <laughs> but at least it shipped out today. So that's good. We'll have that in stock soon. Yes, it is good, Kathy. It's delicious. And it's a great topper for, you know, Kevin's yogurt recipes that he's been sharing and inspiring everyone to make. So, I mean, what better thing to put on top of, you know, to sprinkle on top of the, that yogurt than a healthy version of granola? Let's see. Ooh, lemon blueberry will be here. That's the, that's the new, um, the new flavor that's coming in on, looks like on Monday. Yes, and it's, it's soaked and sprouted. So, if you follow um, traditional methods of preparing food, the proper way to eat nuts, seeds, and if you were going to eat grains, which we don't typically eat in this, you know, tribe, um, is the proper way is to um, soak them um, in order to help kind of get rid of some of the anti-nutrients um, and, you know, some of those are, you know, lectins are included in those. And there's a bunch of stuff that, you know, because a plant can't fight off, you know, it's, you know, it's 
prey, it uses a way to protect itself, which is by having different things in it that can either poison or, um, you know, basically slowly poison or quickly poison um, its prey. So for plants, it is um, with the seeds. It's usually in the seeds. So lectins are found usually attached to the seeds. So if you can't cut seeds out and stuff like that from, from some of your meals, then, then you can cook them, you can sprout them, um, soak them and whatnot. So Lark Ellen does a really good job of providing a product of nuts and also takes it as far as making those nuts into granola. Um, and they start the process by sprouting them so that they're pre-digested, you know, they're, you know, you know the, the lectins are basically inactive and they're healthier for us to consume. So they're a really great products. We're happy that they're in the store. Kevin hasn't tried it yet. It is so good. You have to get your hands on some. Let's see. All right. Well, it looks like Kathy ordered six bags of the granola. So yes, no wonder why we're out. Thanks, Kathy. About to send some over. <laughs> All right, guys. Any other questions or any ideas for things that can go in the healthy cookbook or other recommendations. It sounds like Kevin's on a roll for, you know, kind of coming up with new ideas. So we talked about a new series that we can, that we can start, which is like a, some kind of book review. So basically we'll take a book. I think we have two that we talked about diet, uh, the diabetes code and carnivore code are going to be the top, the first two books that we review. And we'll do a little segment on that. that. That should be fun. So if you haven't read either of those books, now's your chance to get your hands on them and get them read before we start the review. That way you can join in and share with, that, with us any comments that you have or any questions. All right, let's see. Ooh, Angie made her own fermented salsa, which is so good, she said. That's great. Gosh, I really need to get on my fermenting game. I haven't fermented anything in a while. Let's see. Of course, Kevin. And let's see. Kevin says ferment is also one of his faves. Yes, we should definitely get a recipe in the cookbook. So Angie, maybe you can share with us your recipe and I can include it in the cookbook. And that'll actually force me to, uh, to start making some ferments here. So let me know what, what recipe you used and um, I'll go ahead and make it on my own and take a nice photo and go ahead and post it. Kathy says everything she ferments doesn't taste good. She got carrots fermenting now. You know, my initial, um, start when I started fermenting, my initial go at it, it didn't turn out very good. But for me, I think it was I had added too many things. Instead of keeping it super simple, I wanted to add all these really good ingredients I thought would really make it taste super good. And it was actually not a good idea. I think it's better, you know, the less ingredients you use, the better off you'll be. 
I like pickled foods too, Kevin. Because I think really, all, I think it's just basically water and salt, right? If you want the most basic. Bye, Lisa. Happy Wednesday. Oh, so Kathy, you like pickles, but you haven't tried any commercially fermented foods? That's surprising. How do you know you like pickles? Because Bubby's is a really good brand. They do the traditional method of fermentation. I love their sauerkraut. That's one of my favorites. Um, so Bubby's is a good one. And then our other go-to, because they do so many fermented things, is wild brine. So wild brine, they do, um, we have their, let me see, their fermented salsa. Um, also, oh, their beets, they ferment beets, which is really, really good. And their kimchi, their kimchi is my favorite kimchi around, unless you make it on your own. Definitely keep trying your fermenting because pickles, I, I was under the impression that pickles were fermented. But I think some people cheat when they make pickles and they use vinegar, which isn't a true form of fermentation. Is that correct, Kevin? I think that's the difference. Ooh, Angie, that sounds good. I've never tried that. Mayo, salt, and pepper mixed with her sauerkraut. And yes, Kevin said correct. So, so yeah, so basically, I think if you ferment your cucumbers properly, that you can get to a pickle. <laughs> Is Bubby's, um, Bubby's pickles, are they fermented? I thought they were. I thought they just used the traditional method. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. All right, guys. We're going to wrap up here in a second. So if you have any more questions, hurry up and write them in. Yes, Bubby's is a true fermented pickle, Kevin says. Okay, that's what I thought. That's good because that's one of my, my number, that's my number one recommended pickle brand for people who aren't ready to ferment on their own. And then I always recommend wild brine just because it's really easy to find. It's pretty much, in, it's in so many stores these days and they make a lot of different variations. So if someone doesn't like pickles, then they can try the kraut or the kimchi or, if, you know, there's just a ton of different products um, that they make. So if you haven't tried it, wild brine, yes, it's also Kevin's favorite line. So and it's found everywhere. They even make sauces. Oh, and I think they make um, the juice as well. I think they jar the juice. So if you just need a little, a little, you know, shot of the brine, then you can uh, go ahead and just buy the juice as well. So if you don't like the actual eating, you know, the actual act of eating the food because it's too overwhelming, then just buy the brine and take a shot of it. So you can still get the benefits of 
you know, the probiotic benefits and everything from eating the ferments, but you can just quickly get it down and chase it with some water or something. Oh, Costco carries wild brine kraut. I did not know that. It's good to know. Ooh, great idea, Kevin. He uses the brine to make salad dressing. I'm gonna have to try that. We always save the brine if we if we go through it real quickly and we've already eaten it all. Um, love the brine. It's so good. And sometimes we'll just drink it. But that's fine because you're still getting all the benefits. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up here for today's Q&A with Lauren and Kevin. And um, start writing down your questions. I'd love to answer them. Next Wednesday, we'll be back with another after hours at noon and another Q&A after that, or noon Eastern time. A little confusing if you're somewhere else. But um, hope to see you then and keep, keep on keeping on. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.